the book of Numbers, chapter 25. Let's read the word of the Lord. Numbers 25 and verse 1. Oh, you may be seated. We'll get to it in a second. A number of years ago, I had, a, I had, a, <laughs> I had an encounter with the Lord. Um, and at this particular encounter, I had a, it was a dream. Dreams are when you're sleeping. Visions are when you're awake. I, th- I believe it was a dream, if I remember correctly. And in my dream, I was brought to a seminary. And at the seminary was Jonathan Wesley. He had his back to me. The room was filled with men of God. And they were discussing the didactics, teaching didactics and principles of how to make a man of God. And I was brought in by the Spirit to the back of this room, and Jonathan Wesley had a wig on, as was customary of the day. He turned around and he looked at me with piercing eyes and said, Canvas, wood, and steel, 90 days to make a man of God. And then he just looked at me and spoke other things without speaking, turned back and continued in the meeting he was in. Now, I've shared this before, and without getting into all of it, at the conclusion of that, that, that dream, I woke up with the voice of the Lord saying this to me, Return to the ancient paths. Return to the ancient paths. Return to the ancient paths as I woke up with God in my room. Overwhelming presence of the Lord. I grabbed my journal and I wrote it out. And I'm not one that gets up real quick and writes out all my dreams. I mean, I write out the ones where they shake me to my core. And, and I'm, 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 I'm up praying and worshiping after I have it. That's still the ones I usually write down. I dream a lot and, and God shows me different things. But this is one of those really riveting, important moments. And while I was on my trip to uh, the Hawaiian Islands just recently... I kept waking up with that same, the same intonation of the Lord and the same phrase, return to the ancient paths, return to the ancient paths, return to the ancient paths. That text, that quote comes from Jeremiah 6 verse 18. Now, we're passing out notes and so if you look in the introduction, you'll find Jeremiah 6 verse 18 or 16. Some of the notes have a typo on it, so if you correct it, it comes from Jeremiah 6, 16. And so I started a series really last Sunday night, and I will continue as long as the Lord has me continue in it. Jeremiah 6.16 says this. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask for the good way. Ask where the good way is. Walk in it, and you'll find rest for your souls. Jeremiah 18.15 says, Because my people have forgotten me, they have burned incense to worthless idols, And they have caused themselves to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths, to walk in other paths. The ancient path is the way of the Lord. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The ancient path is not the modern path of idolatry, not the modern path of of heresy. It's the ancient path, the path that God would have us to walk on. And much of the church is really being perverted across the world through false teachers And through idolatry, there is a a new move that's not new. 
In fact, Ecclesiastes says basically that what has been will be again. History repeats itself. It's not a new, it's, but it's called the New Calvinist. How many of you have heard of the New Calvinist? All right. Now, you don't hear too much about this kind of stuff up in Alaska, but it is a disease. It is gangrene that is spreading across the country. Basically, that you can just do whatever you want to, and God will just forgive you. I mean, you can be a Christian and go get hammered. You can go, you can go sleep with somebody, and it's good. He'll forgive you. There's just this sort of sloppy agape, this, this, uh, a wrong definition of grace. And it's, and it's taught by by people that if I named their names now you would know who they are they're on they're on major networks and satellites and I just feel led not to say it at this point if it, if if it comes stronger from them then I'll just go ahead and tell you that who they are because that's my job is to be a good shepherd to you there are false teachers and you want to be really acutely aware that you don't get caught up in any snares of false teachers so we've started this series and Here in Numbers chapter 25, there is a fascinating thing that happens. First of all, we read about this Beelzebub. Let's go ahead and read the text. We didn't read it yet, did we? Let's go ahead and read it. If you want to stand, you can. We do that. It's custom here. Let's all stand for the reading of the Word. Numbers 25, verses 1 through... Nine. Now everybody should have notes. Greetings to our online congregation. Alright, I hope you brought a steak knife today. Are you ready? Here we go. Numbers 25 verse 1. Now Israel remained in Acacia Grove, and the people began to commit harlotry with the women of Moab. They invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel was joined to Baal of Peor. Say that. So Israel was joined to Baal of Peor. And the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take all the leaders of the people and hang the offenders before the Lord out in the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to the judges of Israel, Every one of you kill his men who were joined to Baal of Peor. And indeed... One of the children of Israel came and presented to his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and the sight of the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. In verse 7 now, verse 7. Now when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he arose from among the congregation, took a javelin in his hand, and went after the men of Israel into the tent, the man of Israel into the tent, and thrust both them through The man of Israel and the woman threw her body, so the plague was stopped among the children of Israel. And those who died in that plague were 24,000. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're going to do this morning. Release truth that we would be a people that return to the ancient path. I thank you that even through this morning you're going to release revelation. All that's in your heart, God, we pray that you would release to ours. It would not just be head knowledge, not just a lecture be activated and we would be people that go about even changing our, our nation, changing Alaska, changing our region, changing Wasilla. Touch the people online. Touch all of us today. We'll not stop you from what you want to do. Interrupt any time you want to. We thank and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Who is Beelzebub? Now, in the text it said Baal of Peor really talking about Baal. But who is Beelzebub? And I use that because of the New Testament, New Testament reference, Old Testament name, but Beelzebub 
If you look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 24, it says this. But when the Pharisees heard that, heard this, they said, It is only by Azelbub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and said that him, every kingdom divided itself against itself will be ruined, and every city or household is divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he's divided against itself. Then how can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your people drive them out? Wow. So Beelzebub, the Jewish leaders, accused Jesus of driving out demons by the power of Beelzebub, by the power of the prince of demons. He makes it clear that he's, he's commanding them and he's, and, he, and he's driving them out. Why would religious leaders use the term Beelzebub? Well, that's a good question. What is the derivation of that? Beelzebub is derived from the word Baal Zebub, and it comes from 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 1 and verse 2, Ahaziah, this king, falls through the lattice and he's going to die. He sends some, I'm paraphrasing, he sends some of his messengers to go talk to the prophets of Baal, basically. And find out from the prophets of Baal if he's actually going to die. And Elijah comes, Elijah comes and interrupts the messengers and says, Hey, dudes, you bumped your heads or something? What are you going... That's, that's my language. Have you bumped your head? What are you, what are you going to talk to th- th- these false prophets for? Is there not a God in Israel? You tell the king he's going to die. <laughs> he repents, by the way. His life gets extended, but... It's a fascinating thing that he goes at a, a, a king, consults Baal. Baal's above the god of Ekron. And so the actual word is Baal-zebul. That's B-A-A-L-Z-E-B-U-L. And it means the lord of the high places. Now, Baal's above, what, what, is, what scholars think is this, that that it was a play on words for, for Jews, for the, the Israelites. Because what Baal's above means is the Lord of the dunghill. He's the Lord of the crap pile, if I can say it that way. So it was, Lord of the high places is, is the direct meaning, Baal's a bull, but they changed it to Baal's above because it's just like, yeah, some God, he's the Lord of the dunghill. <laughs> he's the God of the dunghill, and that's what, what that means. Some have translated the Lord of the Flies. You've heard of that before, God of the Flies. By the way, flies have a 40-day life cycle. A 40-day fast will break the fly off anybody's life. I just thought I'd tell you that. All right. So to worship Baal's above was to worship Baal. Okay? In fact, Baal is the the God. The the, the ending is really the place where that God was worshipped. So Baal Peor, the place is Peor. Baal Zebub is Zebub, right? It's kind of like Jehovah Jehovah Jireh. So Jehovah Jireh was a place. You know that, right? Okay. So Baal Zebul, Baal Zebub, pardon me, is to worship Baal or the God of the Canaanites. Well, what does that mean, Pastor? You all with me so far? I'm trying to teach you something today. Baal worship includes gross sexual immorality and child sacrifice. And the name in the text, again, Baal Peor is, Baal Peor is a location. So, Baal worship is gross sexual immorality and child sacrifice. Now, let's go ahead and look at the text now. Let's look at the text and let this speak to us. 
I enjoy preaching that you can just go on and share testimonies and all of that, and it's powerful and it's wonderful. On Sunday mornings, generally, I, I, I really like to take an expository approach, thematic messages with an expository approach. So we want to look at this particular text we read from and let it speak to us here. First of all, Balaam. You know who Balaam was? Balaam was hired to curse Israel, you can fill in the notes, by the Moabites and the Midianites. And what's so interesting is, and if you read that in that story in Numbers, he comes to curse them, but he can't because he can't bless, he can't curse what God's blessed. Everybody say he can't curse what God's blessed. Somebody say I'm blessed. So he, he tries to curse them and he can't. God would always twist his words and, and I, I just love reading how he comes up to just curse God's people, but he can't do it. And that Proverb 26 and verse 2, like a flittering sparrow or like a flying sparrow, so a curse without cause does not alight. You cannot be cursed if you're living in the Lord and you're loving God with all your heart. There's no witch that can come and put a hex on you. I just don't, my faith is at the place in, in the Word that God will protect me. God will rebuke the devourer. God will cover me if I'm underneath His mighty protection. Now, if I'm living stupid, you might as well just put a bullseye on your chest and wait for impact, okay? Because then the curse does alight. And so, he's hired this, this false prophet, if you would, by Balaam, to curse Israel, and God would not allow him. Look at me, God would not allow him to do them. Therefore, instead, he gave them advice. So he couldn't curse them, but he gave them advice on how to get them cursed. What a dirtbag. Huh? You see that in Numbers 31, and, and here is the advice. He says, get the women of Moab, or the Midianite women, get them to come and seduce the men, to lure, the, lure them away, and then God will beat them up. If you just get them over into sin, get them out from under the protection of God, then they'll be cursed. So you, that, that, he gave them advice. And if you read, that's why it's exactly what he did. And they ended up worshiping Baal. In fact, the text we read, it says they were joined to Baal of Peor. Now, you've got to understand what that means. I don't want to go into all the Hebrew and, and the Greek of that, because I hardly know it without looking it up. But the picture joined is they became one with. You see, we're one with the Lord. We are, we are, we are uh, grafted in. We become adopted in Christ. But you can, get, you can get grafted into a demon. Hello? I'm saved. I can't get grafted into no demon. I don't have no demon. I've got Jesus living on the inside of me. But we'll be sitting on your head or, or pulling on your ear or living on the inside. If you live like a fool, then you're going to have demons irritating you and bothering you and, and even cursing your life. Somebody say, whoa. All right, good. So he gives them advice. And, and they do that. They, you know, men, they can be really stupid. And so they end up sleeping with these hussies. And a plague breaks out. Some of you don't know what a hussy is, do you? You're like, a, a what? A plague breaks out. 24,000 people are killed. And it's the judgment of the Lord. And one of the leaders, look at D, one of the leaders... Of this sin, boldly brought out a Midianite woman to his tent while the people were grieving over their sin and God's judgment. So this plague's breaking out, and this this Midian, this Israelite leader grabs. So you got to get the picture. All of Israel is before the tent or the tabernacle of meeting with God, weeping and crying, and homeboy decides to just take his girl. Walk right in front of everybody, but bold as brass, unashamed, 
What unmitigated gall. I mean, talk about the no fear of God. He's so hooked on his, his girl that he's found, and he goes off to his, his crib, goes back to his tent, and starts getting busy. That, that, that's, that's what the text says. Look at E. Phineas. Come on, somebody say, make me a Phineas, Lord. Come on, make me a Phineas. Phineas! Kills both of them and the evil and, and, and of the perpetrators of the evil and his actions stopped the plague. Now, what, what did he do? He took a, he took a javelin, goes into the tent and with one thrust put them through. How many of you know they were embraced? So you just needed to do it once. It went through both of them. They died. The plague was stopped and F, God honors Phineas because of his, he was zealous for God's honor. It's an incredible story. The plague stops and it's amazing. You say, well, pastor, what in God's green earth does that have to do with me? We're in the New Testament. I'm glad you asked. Because the spirit of Baal affected the New Testament church and wants you to turn to the book of Revelation. Come on, you are going to get something today. Turn to the book of Revelation chapter 2. What chapter? 2. I feel the Holy Ghost. feel a little Pentecostal today. You see, this, this, this spirit of Baal, if we could call it that, it, it affected the New Testament church. And I, and I want to tell you that it affects the church today. So we just want to be aware of it. Why? Because we want to return to the ancient paths. We don't want to be seduced by a spirit of Baal. We want, to, we, want the right, we want the right way. We want to live for God. We want to go all the way for Him. So Revelation chapter 2, John on the island of Potmos, John the Revelator, writing visions of Jesus. Revelation 2, verse 14 Jesus says this to the church of Pergamum. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You have people there that hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin by eating food sacrifice to idols and by committing sexual immorality. Wow! He's literally referring back to Numbers 25. Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus, is saying... To John, to write to this New Testament church, there are people that hold to the teaching of Balaam. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you, there are people, perhaps even here or online today, that hold to the teaching of Balaam. What is the teaching of Balaam? It really is the worship of Baal. I'm going to take its head off today in just a minute. Hold on. Let's look at verse 15. Likewise, you have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Whoa. So the church of Pergamum is having the same problem the Israelites in Numbers 25 had. Go to verse 20. Move down five verses. Let's look at the church of Pyrotyra. Nevertheless, I have this against you. Verse 20, Revelation 2. You tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and eating the food sacrificed to idols. Here again, we see the same sin, the sexual immorality. Same sin as in Pergamum, as well as in, as in Peor, in Numbers. It's the same thing. Let's read on verse 21. I've given her time to repent of her immor- immoral- immorality. 
in morality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering. This is, this is New Testament. Maybe people think that, that God doesn't deal with stuff. He deals with things. There is Ananias and Sapphira. You can't mess with God and think it's just going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. I'm going to go encourage myself. I'll be right back. Praise the Lord, Pastor. Bring it. Come on, I didn't come for some of your tickling thing. Bring it, Pastor. You know, I try to preach some fluff, but I, I just, I get into it. I just can't. Somebody needed to hear this. I know it's probably not for you, but you go and teach and preach it to somebody else, all right? All right. Where are we? Verse 22. So I'll cast her on a bed of suffering. This is Revelation 2, verse 22. And I'll make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches the hearts and minds. And I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you, Thyatira, to you those who hold on to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets. I will not impose any other burden on you, only hold on to what you have until I come. Now this is fascinating to me. It's fascinating because here the churches in the book of Revelation are being affected by the same demon spirits that were, being, that were affecting Israel in the book of Numbers. It is the same. And I tell you this in your hearing this morning. Those demon spirits are alive today. And I'm not trying to put fear on you. But, you, you know, there can no, no curse can come upon you as long as, you're, as long as you're blessed. But we have to understand very clearly this wants to operate. My goodness. Seduction from within and seduction and, and for suction, seduction from within and seduction from without. In the New Testament churches, there was a strong pressure here, the churches in the, in the book of Revelation, strong pressure by, Roman, by the Roman world to conform. And it is not any different today. You are, we are absolutely barraged by the Internet, by media, by television, cable, all kinds of uh, forms the enemy uses to barrage us. And really the clothes we're wearing today is basically because that's kind of the clothes you wear. That's what society said. Hey, you know what? I'm trying to lose some weight. Well, who said, who said you know, losing weight is good? Well, obviously we've, we found out medically that it's better not to be heavy than it is to be you know, a, a balanced weight. But I mean, it used to be cool to be voluptuous. You ever already heard that term? I mean, being fat was in. Man, that was like beautiful. Right? You're like, praise the Lord, those days are over. But how did that happen? It's through, through, through the culture. Here's a book called Tipping Point. It's a secular book. It talks about what, what caused certain fads to tip, like hush puppies. You know what hush puppies are? The shoes. I'm not, not, the, not the potatoes. Whatever they are. The shoes. Who's ever heard of hush puppies? Did I just date myself? Okay, good. Hush puppies were all that, man. Well, how did that happen? How do fads, how did, how did the yo-yo become this phenomena that spread throughout the land? Yo-yos. You remember yo-yos? Well, there's a thing called a tipping point. The same is needed for revival. There's a bowl in heaven where prayers of the saints are held up. And when that thing tips, then we're going to have a great outpouring of the Spirit of God. Come on, that's why you've got to be praying. Right? 
You know, Jesus can be the hush puppy, if, if I can say it that way. Jesus is better than a yo-yo. He's better than shoes. He's better than any fad or any fashion. If, if, if we can get Jesus cool in the schools, then it'll be cool to serve Jesus and out to be a, to be a demoniac. Cutting yourself and losing your mind and being polluted, fornicating, going crazy, destroying your life. And being loving God, living holy, will become the, the end thing. That's revival. That's reformation. That's all we have to get to have happen. So there is this seduction from without, pressure from without, but also from within. There is this, I don't think her name was Jezebel, and it might have been, book of Revelation. It's really referring to Jezebel back in the Old Testament. There are people in church, maybe this one. Maybe in this church, there are people that will purvey their nonsense. Doctrine that's off, they'll, they'll, they'll twist scriptures and they'll try to spread that. That's not in our leadership because we know who's in our leadership. And we're trying to raise up leaders. Come on, God brought me out of a ditch. I don't know where he brought you from. I mean, I I didn't have it all together when I first came. I still don't have it all together. But my doctrine's together as far as I know. Because there's always progression. There's always a progression in Revelation. It's not like we all have it in and this is it. How many of you know that a hundred years ago the church wasn't flowing in the kind of power that we're flowing in now? Should the Lord tarry, the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is going to reveal things from Scripture to bring us to the next place of fullness. The body of Christ has got to come to fullness, right? So, there are people, though, that... Oh, you've ran into them before. They, they, they're always looking for the deep thing. They're always looking for... Oh. I had somebody mention to me about angels this morning, and so this is not a rebuke, but a, a word of wisdom to you. You see, you can go so deep that you drowned. You know, let me let me let me say it this way. If I remember, I had I had a tremendous encounter with the Lord, and uh, I I wanted some more of that. <laughs> and so I, I was reading some book of a popular evangelist of the day who since then totally backslid, and has been restored. I'm told, and I hope it's true. Uh, but it was it was about how he went to heaven and how he was talking with the Apostle Paul in heaven. And, and I don't make light of that. I mean, I, I believe, I know that's possible. God could do that. Bring, bring somebody up into the third heaven and give you an encounter. But all, the, the reason for having that happen is so you can come down to the earth and bring, heaven, bring the kingdom in the earth. And so that you'll become more like Jesus. If you get around people that are constantly hungering for the angelic visitation, that's dangerous. And I remember talking to Dr. Morocco, who's one of my mentors, and Telling him, man, I, I, man, I want to have another. I want to have another one of those. He said, Daniel, I'm sure you know this, but I want to remind you. I said, okay. He said, I want to remind you that you never seek after an angelic visitation. You always go after Jesus. You go after Jesus, and you'll have visitations. You go after God, and you have visitations. And, and it, I'm, I'm just reminded of people that they, they have such deep revelation, and they want to they, they just go off sharing about it, but their life's not right. Do you know what a false prophet is? A false prophet is not somebody that necessarily prophesies falsely. It's somebody who prophesies even the word of the Lord, but their life doesn't line up with God. Their, their character. You know what's deep spirituality? 
doing what Jesus did, being the way Jesus was, acting the way Jesus is, having character, yeah, flowing in power. But if you have an anointing that exceeds your character, you're going to blow up and you're going to kill some people. And there are people in the church that just want to talk about their big dream and their big vision and, it, and it, this tower. And it, ah, oh, ooh, ooh, ah, you know, just awesome. Okay, but they have no friends. They can't hold a job. Their, their life doesn't line up with the, you know what I'm talking about? You've got to be very careful of that. Because you can get seduced into a spiritual experience. Spirituality is always grounded in reality. And I don't mean the reality, world reality. It plays out in your life. Revelation works in the context of the soil of relationships. Let's say it again. Revelation will work in the context of soil of relationships. And so when you have revelation, it'll work out so that you become more like Jesus. So the kingdom of God is released and, and God moves forward. People get saved. People get healed. People get delivered. God breaks out. Not, not building yourselves up into some mighty spiritual fruitcake in reality. I never liked fruitcake. Does anybody like fruitcake here? I don't like fruitcake. Amen. When it comes around the holidays, praise the Lord. Keep your fruitcake. Okay. I actually, actually, I, I, have had, I have had good fruitcake before. So there's this Jezebel who's seducing from within, and that can happen in a church, all right? There's, there's either seduction or persecution. Look at C. Seduction or persecution. You find in 1 Peter 4, 4, think it not strange. They think it strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation and heap abuse on you. You see, the world wants you to either join in with them, and you don't join in their party, when you don't join in their thing, then they don't like you. Now, I'm going to tell you, when you're serving God, they ain't, some people ain't going to like you. Now, statistically speaking, I have read that there's only two or three people that like you anyway. So you might as well just serve God with all your heart, all right? Just serve God. Who gives a flip? Who gives a fig about what anybody thinks? Come on, love God. Everybody say, I'm going to love God. Come on, say, I'm going to love God with all my heart. It doesn't matter what other people think. And, and the world basically, you know, wants to say that, well, then you're not tolerant. I had somebody call me a bigot. Do you know what a bigot is? Now, I, th- I thought, I'm a bigot. They said, you're a bigot, dude. I thought, I'm a bigot. I, didn't, I, I had to go look it up. Anyway, I looked it up. Here it is. Here's a bigot. Someone who's very strong opinions, especially on matters of politics and religion. That's me. I'm a bigot. And do you know who else is a bigot? My hero, Jesus. Jesus is a bigot. Now, ethnicity also comes in there. I'm not a bigot regarding ethnicity. Red and yellow, black and white, we're all precious in His sight. I mean, if you look around, you won't see just a Caucasian church. Praise to God, I'd be so uncomfortable if I was in one. And, and if you just want an all-white church, you're in the wrong church. You want an all-black church, you're in the wrong church. You'll hate heaven. Because heaven is a total mix of every culture, every nation, every tribe. And if you, come on, look around. Look at, all the, look at all the different skin colors. Somebody say, woo! So really, you're a bigot? Yeah, I'm a bigot. Jesus was a bigot. I, I, I have to be a bigot. Basically, there is one way, one truth, one life. That's what Jesus said. He said it. I'm going to bet my, I've bet my life. I've committed. I'm going to live under co- the, the covenant convictions of those things. And there's a point when tolerance becomes immoral, when you just allow things. And you can actually begin to worship Baal if you allow for tolerance. Well, as long as you just love the Lord. You're living like a rabbit with your boyfriend or your girlfriend and say you love God, give me a break. 
Somebody say, wow. Might be worshiping Baal. Come on, smile at me. All right, so Baal's at work today, and it's, it's effective. Let's look at Roman number four. And the lines of what holiness and, and unholiness are, they're blurred. Sexual immorality is, 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 is throughout the church. It is throughout the church. The amount of people that struggle with pornography, I'm not going to have you raise your hands, but I'm going to tell you it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then when they get rid of their porn problem, many times they just, you know, lose their minds looking at a Victoria's Secret catalog that their wife got. Yeah. And they're constantly... These people start to fidget in their seats right now. Praise the Lord. You have to be careful. You have to be very careful. And when, when our daughters would wear... Now, my daughter ain't going out of the house. I get to see everything that she wears. Hallelujah. She don't like it too much, but... She's not in here right now, so I can say... Otherwise, I'd be in big trouble. Don't go tell her I said anything either. You'd get me in trouble. When kids are allowed to wear clothes that are so tight, doesn't even look like they're wearing clothes. I'm just telling you, we're, we've lost it. I'm not saying that everybody should wear a, a dress and cover every piece of their skin and not wear any makeup and you know all that. I'm not saying that, but I am saying there is modesty, and 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 it's constantly pushing the edge of what's allowable. Yeah, it's it's a working of bail. You know, it's just. Yeah, I'm told. I'm told that, that, that there's, there's all kinds of undergarments that can alter your physical body. They get you to look like you have body parts that are larger than or smaller than you actually have. Why? Why, why would you do that? No, no, why, would, why, why would somebody do that? No, like, you don't have to answer me. Why, why would that be? The reason is, is to seduce people. It's to get people to look. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a, a, get a coffee or whatever, and there's, you know, I go to get the coffee, and, and you know, there's, there's a lady that's waiting on me, and she's just like, oh, how would you like that? Oh, I forgot something. Oh. And he's like, suits, Jesus. And that's the world. But it creeps into the church. Come on, don't shout me down when I'm preaching it. You okay? All right. He didn't look. He didn't look. And it really comes from hero worship. You know, that there is all these mega... Mega people with music and money and 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 beauty and and you know it, it comes from that because there's an identity crisis, especially in the youth. They don't know who they are, so they're they're clamoring around to get somebody to tell them that they're great, especially their parents and their friends. And there's this peer pressure, and it really is a, a peer pressure that comes from the world, but it could end up really being a spirit of bail that comes upon them. To, we got look. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Jesus, help me. Intercessors, pray. If you had to sit in my office and counsel people who are 12 and 13 years old who have lost their virginity on some date, and now they're pregnant, and they want to kill themselves because of the guilt and the shame that they've gone through from doing that thing, 
And you wouldn't let your, I don't know, none of you, you all let your kids dress modestly, I'm sure. But you wouldn't let your little girl run around with hardly any clothes on, going down the street with somebody you don't even know. You would never let it happen. Hell will freeze before I let that happen to my kids. And kids don't like it. You know, your teenagers will press up against that wall. And they'll press up against it. You hold it. You hold that wall. You hold it. And they won't like you for it, maybe. I had my kids practice saying they hate me once. Now, there's chastisement that happened thereafter. Why? Because my kids need to learn to honor me. I'm off my notes, but this is totally for somebody. You need it. My kids have to honor me. I have to teach them to honor me. Why? Because honor is a Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother of a long life. Dishonor them. Allow You all listen to me out there. I know you're listening right now to me. Okay. You dishonor your mom and dad, and you'll have a short life. You see, honor releases life. Dishonor releases death. And so I'm not going to have my kid telling me they hate me. It ain't happening. I'm not going to have my kid dishonoring me, disrespecting me, sassing me and rolling their eyes and going... My kids are wonderful, but it's a daily, ongoing, week-by-week training. You train your kids. Amen. The spirit of Baal is at work. 13-year-olds that are having kids. It is sad. Baal worship also included sacrifice. I'm not going to go much longer. I'm going to hurry it up because I don't want to teach you, hold you too long. Going a little bit long today. Abortion. Look at B. Abortion. Baal worshippers would kill their babies. I'm told now that there's approximately 4,000 people that were killed overseas in the, in the war. Approximately 4,000. Could be a little higher than that. I read different reports. I did five and six, and then I heard four. This I know. And we're upset about that. How many of you are upset about the fact that our boys have gone over? Come on, we got some military in here, right? I was just at a military funeral. It was so moving. These guys gave their everything. They gave their lives for you and I to be able to have church today in a country that's free. Not perfect. I was really moved. And we get upset about that and so we should. But I will tell you that we kill 4,000 babies every stinking day of the year. 365 days, 4,000, 365 days a year, 4,000 babies a day. A day. You tell me who's worshiping this nation. Who's who we're worshiping in this nation? We're a Christian nation? No, we aren't. We are not. We're a post-Christian country. But God's going to bring a revival. Come on, God's going to bring a bunch of people that will not bow down, give in to give in to sexual immorality and and abortion and all of that. He's going to raise up a, a holy, spotless. You see, the devil's only afraid of a church if it's not defiled. A cursed church doesn't do too much for the kingdom. You getting anything today? Come on, look at your next door neighbor and say, man, he's preaching to you. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. All right. See a worldly mindset. Going to church doesn't affect the rest of your week. There's a worldly mindset that can can creep in, and you really have to take care of that. So we're going to return to the ancient path. What are we going to do? We're going to return to the ancient path, defeating Beelzebub. Right? How How do we defeat Beelzebub? The first thing, or A... Know the truth. The truth will set you free. Deal with the truth. The two 
issues found in Pergamum and Thyatira, the Apostle Paul deals with them in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 through 10. He deals with immorality and he deals with idols and festivals. And you read those chapters, you come away with an understanding that Paul wanted them to know the truth. He wanted them to know that you can't have immorality. You can't fornicate. There's, there's sexuality in marriage and after that, there is basically no sexuality. And when, when, they're, when it's included outside of marriage, it brings a curse. It brings, really, a worship of Baal. It's, it's, it, you can't do it. It's not allowable. And they joined themselves, in the text back to Numbers 25, they joined themselves to Baal of Peor. When you commit sexual, uh, sexual immorality, turn to 1 Corinthians 6. You're joining yourself to the person you're, you're united with, if I could just say it that way. I'm going to look at 1 Corinthians 6 in just a second. Don't be, a, don't be not a stumbling block. We don't want to stumble our brothers and sisters. You know, I, I don't drink alcohol. And I don't drink because I never want to stumble anybody. I also don't drink because Jesus doesn't drink. He said, I'm, I'll drink no wine before I drink it with you in my kingdom. I guess we're going to have a big old party in heaven with Jesus. But, you know, I'm, and, and I don't drink it because I never want to stumble anybody. And I never want to subject myself to something that can become a bondage. Now, I know lots of people have... There, and I don't drink because, not because I'm a pastor. I, I, I didn't drink before I was a pastor. And I, I just have convictions about it. God brought me out of a world of, of hurt and pain. And alcohol was mixed all in there. And so why would I do that? Right? We say, well, you know, you can have a glass of wine and not get drunk. I believe that. I believe you can. Absolutely. I've also seen people who have a glass of wine and don't attempt to get drunk, but they had one more because they figured they could have a half a glass or another glass more and actually ended up a little bit tipsy. So did it become sin for them? Yeah, it did. And I ain't putting myself in that position, period. I'm not going to do it. Why? Because it's in the Word. That's all. Come on, smile at me. All right. How would it be if you saw your pastor walking out of the store? I mean, some of you wouldn't care, but it would tip some other people over. Hey, pastor, what are you doing with that 12-pack? Uh... Got some halibut and gonna make some beer batter halibut dip. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying if you drink you're not a Christian. I'm not saying that. You can be a Christian and you can drink. But if you're getting drunk, that's that's wrong. Okay, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. All right. Good. I'm glad we got through that together. Just. Grab somebody's hand and say, it's going to be all right. Go ahead. All right. Beware that you may be, uh, what you may be doing is having fellowship with demons. I, 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 I love putting that in there. I, I was joking with Minister Alex, who came back from Vegas and just ate food and In-N-Out burgers. But there are people that go and bow down to the one-armed bandit. There are people that go, I just read, just read a story. This grandma stole her grandson's uh, her college fund, $98,000. She burned it down to the ground in Vegas. And so, you know, if you have a, a constant gambling problem, you could be having fellowship with demons. Did you know that? You can't have fellowship with the Lord and, and, and have sin in your life in an ongoing way. It, willing sin. I'm not talking about stumbling. I'm talking about ongoing lifestyle. All right, some of you have invited people into your homes. They live with you and they're yoked up like that. And you think it's going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. It, it really, it hurts you. All right, let's move on. Flee sexual immorality. There, First Corinthians six eighteen. Flee from sexual immorality. Everybody say, flee from sexual immorality. One, two, three, say it. Flee from sexual immorality. 
All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you've received from God? You are not your own. The lines of sexuality for Christians have been blurred. I'm trying to unblur them. All right? All right. Understand covenant. Look at four. We're quickly completing this message. Understand covenant. Your body belongs to the Lord. You've got to live for Him. Amen. God will bring judgment. Five. If you live in a lifestyle of, of a Baal worshiper, you're going to get judged. Something's going to happen. You might be having difficulties and problems right now that you just think are just life's hard luck. But what you fail to understand is actually the hand of God's blessing coming off of your life because you're living like an idiot. Can I help you today? Minister Alex, you better come on that piano, man. You, we'd have to put people out of their misery. Come on, come on. Judgment's a real thing. And, and many times people have problems and they just say, oh, well, it's just, you know, God's going to help me. He's going to help you, especially if you live right. You've got to live right. Okay, you've got to live right. If you live right, you get God's blessing, really. And it's just part of it. Oh, I've gone long. Jesus, help me. Everybody say, help, Pastor. All right, look at, look at, look at, um, Look at the next point. Repent. Everybody say repent. All right. Next one. Take a stand for holiness. Phineas did. Be a Phineas. D. Is it D? Reorder your life. If you're struggling with these things, reorder your life. Return to the ancient path. Reorder your life. How do I do that? Cut off relationships that are bringing you into sin. Get rid of them. Turn off your internet if you have to. Get away from cable. I don't have TV. I don't have any more. I know there's great stuff on there, History Channel, whatever. I know there's a lot of great stuff. I watch, I watch movies and stuff, mostly. You know, I, watch, I like watching a good cage fight every so often. You know, I've got to look away for the period of time when the girls come by and stuff. I'm just being honest with you. You know, I like, I like, I like a little bit. I was a wrestler. I like seeing technique. I'm always into wrestling. And I, I like all that stuff. I mean, I, I, some of it I don't like. It could be a little gory and a little off the chart. I can't watch when the girls go by. I'm just telling you. But I don't watch rated R movies. I can't. Why? Because it, it pollutes me. I just can't do it. I can't, I can't let Jesus in me. won't watch it. I can't do it. I just can't. And TV, I've found, I've found, I had cable. It's just, oh, here's another commercial. Wait, you got to mute it. Your kids are there. Oh, 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 oh. oh. I mean, it's just too much. Even the Food Network, for the love of God, the beloved Food Network has gone. It used to be you could just watch that, chopped. I love that show. Especially when I'm fasting, I get ministered to. You've got to cut off relationships. I had a hard time when I first got saved. I, for about three years, I went back and forth. I'd be on fire and I'd backslide, be on fire and backslide. And I had God was working things out. I was a grown man, but inside was a little boy that was wounded and hurting and needed healing. And so I came out of kind of a surfer culture. I surfed since I was 12 and I was, you know, in my 20s. And I was a decent surfer, loved surfing. But the problem with surfing was I'd go out and surf and all these guys out there, they all smoke pot. Well, most surfers smoke dope, okay? There's probably some exceptions. And so I'd get out there and I'd be tempted. Hey, Bracken, what's up? Go inside and have a sesh. You want to come on in? You roll a fat one. And I'd be like, uh, then I had this lie that I surfed better. 
Now I know this just might be for half a congregation. And by the way, you say, Pastor, did you ever smoke dope? I did, but I never inhaled, okay? I didn't inhale, just like our... our... Ha, 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 ha. Okay, so, you know, it, it would pull me away because I had these hurts and I didn't know how to bring it to the Lord. I had these pains of a broken-hearted little boy and I didn't know how to come... Broken-hearted little boy, 20-something years old, I didn't know how to come to the Lord to let him heal me. And so I would just, you know, just go back to what would sedate me. And that was, was there. It would just take the pain away for a little bit. Just, you know, I don't suggest it. It's not good and it's not God. But pastor, he's given us every green herb for our enjoyment. Now, yeah, well then, why don't you smoke poison sumac? Okay. You don't smoke dope. It's pharmacia, all right? It, hello. I know the valley used to be just big grower. It probably still is. So I didn't know how to overcome that because I didn't want to give up surfing, although the Lord had me give up surfing later. I had a plan. The Lord said, you just praise me out there and I'll protect you. So every time I'd go out into the lineup, I'd start paddling. As soon as I got an earshot, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You've got to paddle to get out into the waves. The lineup is where all the dudes hang out, wait for the waves to come. I'd be paddling out, and I would just go, Praise God! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Lord! Praise the Lord! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! And I started first started doing it just to protect myself. It wasn't real praise coming from my heart, but then it, then it changed. And I started really worshiping God. And you know what the Lord would do? I'd get the biggest waves out of the set. I'd ride like I didn't. Guys would be like, dude, you're ripping it today. I'm like, yeah, hallelujah, praise God. Come on, Jesus, give me another one. Ah! You've got to take a stand to reorder your life. If you're going to break some of this stuff off and you've got to cut off relationships, a couple more points, I'm done. Grow in God. Everybody say, grow in God. You gotta grow in God. Six hours of TV, the average male, every day. That's not gonna get you growing in God too much. Six, that's a lot of TV. It's a wonder our eyeballs don't fall out of our heads. You gotta grow in God. How? Read the word. There are anemic believers here, even here, online, here, because they never read this. I loved what the Waller said. They knew they had made a commitment. They did that. They, they, they dropped their $800 down. She knew she had to lock arms and come in agreement with what God's Word said. I've heard you say that before, Vicki. You stand on God's Word. He stands over it to see it performed. He's not obligated to stand over your opinion or some good feeling you might have. He is obligated to stand over His Word. And when you stand on His Word, you will grow in God. The last thing is, so you got to know the Word. Everybody say, know the Word. The last thing is on this long message. Stay in church. Find a church. Stay there. Get planted. Get rooted. Get grounded. Don't be a fruitcake, church-hopping Christian. Develop relationships so that people can speak into your life. So people can say, you know something, you keep doing that, it ain't going to work out for you. And there's a lot of... Look, there's... If you haven't been offended here, you will be soon. Because... God uses offense. He offends the mind to reveal the heart. And He'll use offense. I'm not talking about a picket fence. Offense. I'm talking about when people irritate you. You're supposed to live above it. So, we're going to defeat Beelzebub. We're going to return to the ancient paths. We're not going to be sloppy agape. A bunch of fornicating Christians are going to live holiness. Righteousness. Truth. Somebody say Amen. Did you get something from the Lord? Come on, stand up on your feet, won't you? 
Would you forgive us for going long today? But it was a strong service. I just felt the presence of the Lord. We try to keep our services to about an hour and a half. Went a little bit long today. And I hope that it changed your life and you got something out of it. Come on, let's go before the Lord in prayer right now. Gracious Heavenly Father, by the word of the Lord, return to the ancient path. Return to the ancient path. We want to be a people that truly know you by your word. Even though to fully know you won't even happen in the millennium. It's just endless. But we want to be a people that live holy and blameless before you, not in some religiosity, but out of a a heart of love for you, God. We don't want to have a pharisaical type religion, we don't. But there very clearly is a standard. I've held the standard up as best I could today, Lord. Fornicators and idolaters will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what your word says. I know it's not popular. Same-sex marriage. I'll never do one. And I'm not going to endorse it. It's not God. It's not you. It's not in your work. And I just say no to that. In the face of a world, pressure of the world, not unlike the Roman world to try to conform the church and to make it some show, we will not do it. God, we want your power. We want your kingdom to come. We want your glory to be manifested. So, Lord, put your finger on things in our lives that are not the ancient paths, the the modern path. Put Put your finger on things on the inside of us that are not in agreement with your word because we want to please you. We want to live for you. We don't want to half baked half-hearted, one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom of Christianity. Lord, we want to live for you with all our hearts. So put your own fingers, your finger on the places where we need to repent. Now you ask God right now. Just talk to Him. Maybe He's spoken to you today. That drinking problem that you just think it's alright. It's not alright. Come on, some of you have a lust problem. Some of you stuck in pornography maybe. Some of you maybe here in adultery. Stop! destroy your family for a brief moment for three or four minutes you destroy your marriage and destroy your kids for a lifetime you tell me that's worth it you're a fool stomp it you're deceived come on we want to be on fire for God come on just ask the Lord to show you and let's just repent Lord we forget, forgive us Lord for where we've fallen short wash us cleanse us redeem us Help us, Lord, not to yield to the pressures of the world. I thank you that I thank you that Jezebel does not operate in this church. And I thank you that where there's Jezebel, there's a spirit of Ahab, and we don't have any of them. I thank you for that. And Lord, protect my people and help, I pray, for your truth. Real Christianity lived out in a character that's changed, like you, Jesus. We owe you and we owe people an encounter with you. Break the curse from people as they repent today and release your blessing. Come on. Just receive the blessing of God. We receive your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, you want to make a recommitment to Him or give your life to Him for the first time. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus. You've never asked Him into your heart before. Never repented of your sin. But you want to. You want your sin blotted out. You want to be forgiven for the first time or maybe you received him before but you know you're not living right for him all across this place that's you slip your hand up praise God 
say this when they say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Let me pray for you and then we'll close. Holy Spirit, touch. Without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Let your healing touch come. God upon your people. Release your healing touch. For those that are so hurting and broken today, because of what's happened in their lives, maybe choices or things that happened to them, heal them right now. Heal the wounds. Heal the broken places. Crooked places be straight. Every mountain be brought low. Every valley be raised up. That we would be a people prepared for your return. Thank you for your presence and thank you for what you've done today. Amen. Would you take someone by the hand as we close? Just reach across, take someone by the hand. Thank you for turning out. And again, I'm sorry I went so long. I hope that it really ministered to you. That was a strong word. We love you. We hope to see you next Sunday. Tonight, 6 o'clock. Going to have a Holy Ghost service. Going to be great. Don't you miss tonight. Leaders meeting at 5 for all of my small group leaders, ministry leaders. Tuesday night, 7.30. Let's close. Father, thank you. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. Give them peace. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Thanks. Love you too. Love you. God.